the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Hi, I'm your host, Rhody Fisher. Um, Let's pray. Father, I thank you for allowing us to be here today. Father, I pray that you would allow the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts to be pleasing to you. Father, you say in your word, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you. So, Jesus, order our steps today. Order our thoughts. Father, cleanse our hearts. Be with us today. And, Father, we just want to give this show to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, welcome. Now, you know, when I first started the show, um, I really felt like the Lord was saying to me, I'm going to do um, the show called On the Road with Jesus. And I was thinking about, there's a child's book. I was kind of looking it up this morning. And I'm not sure if it was The Hen and the Fox or The Duckling and the Goat or something. But there's a child's book where I think maybe it's a little hen that's walking down the road. And and um, she comes upon like a fox. And then... On this road, she goes over the river and whatever. Anyhow, on this road, she continues to come upon different animals. And so I really felt like the show, On the Road with Jesus, was my journey on the road with Jesus. And as I've moved through this walk with Jesus, I've been able to meet different people in my um, in my um, walk that I've had on the show. So, so far you've met quite a number of my friends and the Lord reminded me that on this road there's some times that I'm going to be just by myself without a special guest. So this will be my fourth show in the last three months that I'll do just by myself. So, um, all glory to God, I'm just going to give it to him. I I did want to say that since this is one of my alone days, um, on this past Saturday, uh, I was at a girlfriend's house, and she um, is one of my really good friends and prayer partners, and I went over there to help her water her lawn and and her plants. And so as I was watering her very, very dry lawn, as a matter of fact, it was so dry 
that it felt like it was scorched and the ground was so dry that it just seemed like the water was rolling off, you know, not sinking in, just sitting on the top of the uh, of the soil. So um, there I was watering away and I realized that <clears throat> I I really just couldn't stand there and soak the water because it wasn't really soaking in. So I kind of watered a little bit, spraying it all over the lawn, and then went to the backyard and sprayed all over. And I noticed that the as I came back to the front yard, the soil had softened up a bit. It had even cracked a little bit. And so I began to water a little bit more. And again, that hard clay ground, that rocky-looking ground, started to soften. And I was on the phone talking to one of my other girlfriends, and I said to her, you know, there's a lesson here. Um, And there is this importance to God about watering, about water. And I started to think about, here it was in Garden Grove, 108 degrees, me watering. I was trying to not let the water evaporate, not put too much. And finally, after about an hour of going back and forth to the front yard and the backyard, the water started to seep in and not just kind of evaporate because it was so hot. And I thought, okay, I'm thinking about that scripture um, that talks about one sows and the other one waters and um, how pertinent that is for us to take the time to water the seeds that may have been sown in the hearts of um, people. And um, so I, I did want to talk about that. So I, I am going to go to um, 1 Corinthians 3, and I'm going to read it in the um, New Living Translation. Um, and it says, I planted the seed in your heart. So this is Paul talking. He wrote 1 Corinthians. He's talking about... Um, he planted the seed, or he's planted, he's sown in a person's heart. Um, And Apollo watered, but it was God that made it grow. So in some translations, it says one plants, the other waters, and God brings the increase. Um, This scripture really kind of talks about maybe some... Uh, fighting, infighting amongst those like who did the better job kind of thing, maybe acting a little more, Christians acting a little more carnal. But I didn't want to really get into that subject. I really wanted to talk about the sowing and the watering. And so here I was um, watering my girlfriend's lawn. And um, as I said, it took maybe about an hour for me to see the water seep down to the roots of the grass. And then 
I began to water her trees because the trees were had a lot of dry leaves on the trees. And I thought, Lord, don't let these trees die. They've been here for a long time. And I noticed that when I went to the trees, some of the roots or the bottom of the tree was slanted. So as soon as I put water on it, it just rolled right off onto the grass. And I thought, okay, this is going to take some time. And that's how it is with watering after somebody has sown seeds in the heart's of the lost. You know, sometimes it takes a while to, you know, put a little water on the those seeds and then come back a little later and put a little more water on that. And as I said, it took me a while to finally get to where the water was being absorbed by those trees. And uh, obviously I haven't seen them, seen the trees since then. This was Saturday. I, I'm I'm hoping they're still alive, but I think they are. But um, getting back to watering, I have really been an overwaterer. Um, sometimes I don't know when to stop watering. Um, a lot of times, Mark, my husband, will say to me, "I don't want you to water so much. Those plants don't need so much water." And really, it's the same with people. Um, you know, I wanted to take a lesson about sowing and watering. And I, I looked up sowing, and there's a lot of, this is just a side note, this is, there's a lot of ways to sow seeds. Uh, one is like a broad, they, they call it broadcasting. So I'm sure some of you have seen that picture of somebody in the field. I think it's a woman, and she's got a really big sack on the side of her with full of seeds, and she's reaching deep into this sack and casting out these seeds all over the field. Well, they call that broadcasting, and it really speaks to that whole idea of digging in, have a whole bunch of seeds, and throwing them everywhere. Um, that's one way to sow seeds. Um, another way is um, dibbing or drilling, and it's similar. Um, when you're drilling a hole, or you know, with a with a tool, maybe a little hand plow, or you know, sticking your finger down and making a little hole and putting the seed in there. Um, that's another way. And there's also where they have a plow that dr- drags all the, all these holes, these lines in a field, and someone goes and drops seeds behind the plow. And they call that seed dropping behind a plow. Very easy, right? Um, and then there's transplanting, where you, in a hothouse, begin to grow these seeds, or, you know, somewhere else you're growing seeds, and then they're transplanting things kind of what I think about is how they plant you know plants those um, those rice in the rice paddies where they come with all these streams of um, looks like grass and they have a whole bundle of them and they're in those rice paddies plopping these 
already, you know, nicely grown plants that they've grown somewhere else. And that's another way. Um, and row planting, there's a bunch of ways. But the thing that I wanted to concentrate, even though I took you on this side um, side note or bunny trail, is overwatering. I tend to be a major overwaterer. I have some potted plants that I've put way too much water in there, and the roots, you know, have gotten rotten and they've died. Or in the case of a seed, once it's planted, you can overwater the seed so much that the seed rots. So we really want to be careful about watering. We want to make sure that you water just enough so the seed gets fed and can germinate, get that sun on it, and um, let the plant begin to grow. Um, Keep that moisture on the plant or on the roots so that it the roots go down deep and um, and and grow and we really have to think about that when we're sowing seeds in the hearts of the loss and allowing yourself to go back and water or somebody else to go back and water um, so I, I did want to share that I was thinking about when I um, thought about this I was thinking about um, years ago uh, my husband Mark and I uh, were in this Muslim ministry and it we made about four maybe five I, I'm not sure four trips for sure to Dearborn, Michigan um, years ago I, I'm not sure if they're still doing this but years ago um, Michigan had this especially in Dearborn, had this huge Arabic fair. Um, I think at the time when we first started, there were about 350,000 Muslims that lived in and, around, in and around Dearborn, and people would go to this huge fair. And um, a group of us went and took, I think, you know, hundreds of um of Jesus films, Jesus DVDs, and all kinds of tracks in different languages because there are people that speak Somalian or, you know, Arabic or a lot of different languages um, in that area. So um, that first trip that we made, I remember uh, the the Lord clearly allowing us to broadcast with a ton of seeds, all these Jesus films all over the place, and tracks, um, hundreds if not thousands of people took um, tracks and um, Jesus films, and we were, um, I, I think there might have been 20 of us that went, maybe more, but we were allowed to just saturate the place with all these Jesus films and tracks. And also, the Lord allowed um, myself to, and of course him, to lead seven um, Muslim people to the Lord. And 
I, I do want to talk about four of those people. So um, the first day that we kind of hit the ground running was Saturday morning. And we um, we spent Friday trying to get there, and we wanted everyone to be on the same page and as to what we were doing. So Friday was kind of more of a training, and let's all do this thing together. And I was in charge of my little van that of people that I had, and I, I think there were eight of us in this van, and I was the driver, and and I needed to get everybody out of the van and, uh, uh, you know, um, back at a certain time so that we could get back to the hotel. So anyhow, Friday morning we start, and we're handing out these Jesus films and tracks and talking to people, and people are really hungry, and they're taking um, the material that we had. And I remember these two guys um, that I began to share Christ with and letting them know how much Jesus loved them, and also um, sharing my testimony, how I was lost, and I didn't know what direction to go. I didn't even know who to, what to call God. I, I knew I believed in God, and I think if some of you have seen my testimony before, I was very close to becoming a Hindu because they worship, you know, three and a half million gods, maybe. And I wanted to um, join that club, thinking that I'd bound to pray to the right God. And so I shared that with these two men. And unbelievably, I don't want to give their names away because I'm, I'm you know, I don't know where they are right now. And um, may, they probably are still good friends. I do have their phone numbers, and I've tried to keep in touch with them. But I don't want, they still live, live in Dearborn. I don't want them getting into trouble. Or, you know, sometimes it's dangerous when people accept the Lord in certain religions. I'll just leave it at that. Anyhow, I'll just say Mr. Number One says, I want, want to accept Jesus as my Savior. And I thought, okay. So I asked Number Two guy, what about you? And he says, I'm not sure. He says, you go ahead and talk to Mr. Number One. So I say the sinner's prayer with him, and I could see that he meant it in his heart. He's got tears in his eyes, and he follows after me. And I give him, um, I, at the time, we, were, we also had uh, um, books of John and the New Testament, so... I'd given him what I had, and um, Mr. Number Two decides, I want to accept Jesus too. So I say the sinner's prayer with him, and this is after about, I'm going to say, a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. So I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, and he too had tears in his eyes, and I'd given him the Bible, and and. I was so excited, and I took their names and numbers down because I really was hoping to get them locked into a church, and this was my first time there, and I think it was only the second time 
George, who we, you know, headed the ministry, um, was there. And we were kind of a novice as to where to place these people once they accepted the Lord. But I'd taken their number down, and sure enough, they gave it to me. And I couldn't have been more jazzed about this. Um, But it told me that someone before me was there to plant a seed. Someone before me was there to water. But here I was, being God's hands and mouth, to bring in the increase, right? Sorry. I was thinking about how great that is that here these guys were on their way really to hell. And God made a U-turn for them and placed them on solid ground and in the right direction. Um, okay, so I am like so excited. I was walking on water at that point. And I'm thinking, Lord, give me some other people to talk to. And I see two more guys, probably in their 30s, and I'm thinking, I've got to talk to these guys. And so I start to share the Lord with them. And um, they said, well, you know, we're really not interested. I said, well, let me just share my testimony with you. I share my testimony. I share the Lord again, how God had died for their sins, and Jesus made a way for them, and you know, they're not interested. But they decide to take all the stuff I was giving away. They took the tracks. They took the Jesus film. They took the little, you know, um, New Testaments that I had. And, um, and off they went. And I could not have been more disappointed. I thought, Lord, you let them get away. I can't believe this. So anyhow, the rest of the evening, I'm, you know, passing out things. We stayed there until about 9, 30, 11, or 10 o'clock. It, the place closed down, and we stayed till the bitter end and got back to the hotel. And the next day, um, of course, we had church and back to the streets at this Arabic fair in Dearborn. So I'm handing out tracks again um, with my group of eight people, and we're there the whole day. Well, about 9.30 um, that night, this is Sunday night, and we really had to kind of wind it down because we had planes to catch and um, things like that. But anyhow... um, about 9.30, I hear somebody calling my name, like, from afar. So I look across the street, and way down about a block and a half, I see these two guys running towards me, and they're waving their Jesus films that I gave them the night before, the day before. And um, I'm thinking, okay. So I know them by name because I've written it down. And they're coming up to me, and like I said, I don't want to give out their names. But um, they get to me, and they said, we've got to tell you we're so excited. 
And I said, really? Tell me. And they said, well, last night, after the whole Arabic fair was done, we enjoyed ourselves. We were, you know, we ate and met people, and we just walked around the Arabic fair and had a great time. But we got in our cars, or our car, these two guys, and we started to drive away. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm just going to say um, one of their names starts with A, and the other one starts with R. So he says to me, A was driving, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. And all of a sudden, before we get into the intersection, our car stops in the right before we enter, and it just somebody slammed on the brakes. And I thought, okay, yeah. And he goes, but you don't understand. I didn't touch the brakes. And I said, really? He says, and all of a sudden this bus comes driving by. And if I had gone, he said, I didn't even see the bus. And he said, if I had gone into the intersection... I would have been dead today. He said, for sure, R, who's sitting in the passenger seat, would have been killed. And I said, okay. He goes, don't you get it? He said, God saved me last night because I didn't hit the brakes. And I said, okay. So he says, we went home and watched the Jesus film. And I said, okay, so now what? He says, now we want to accept the Lord. You have to lead us in the sinner's prayer. You tried to do it last night or yesterday, but we wouldn't let you. And I said, oh, my gosh, A and R. I says, God saved you last night from that bus so I could walk you through the sinner's prayer today. So, of course, we said the sinner's prayer. And um, they accepted the Lord. That was the end of part one. Tune in next week for the continuation of this On the Road with Jesus program. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com, or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.